Bent over between the rows of vines, with a cap on to protect their heads from the early September sun, the wine growers cup the bunches of grapes with their hands. Voilà. Surtout mettre la main en dessous et on coupe au dessus pour pas se couper les doigts. With one hand placed carefully below, they cut above and place the bunches in the basket. Là c'est rien parce qu'il n'y a pas beaucoup de grappes. Elles sont petites, mais quand elles sont belles, c'est un pied ça remplit un seau. A single vine can fill an entire bucket, but this is a plot of young vines. The bunches are smaller. Ça donne pas beaucoup. Mon mal à une alors? At the end of each row, carrying an empty bucket and cicatrices, the wine growers head towards plot number one, a bit further away on the estate. Ouais, Nico. Ben, je viens te chercher là. Pierre Olivier Clouet, Château Cheval Blanc's technical director, Comme ça, on fera les parcelles du sud. is on the phone with his vineyard manager, Nicolas Corporandi. Hein, t'es où? T'es toujours sur la 24? He asks if he's still on plot number 24. They will taste together in the southern plots which have not yet been harvested. 23. Okay. Ça roule à toutes. Nicolas is on plot 23 and hurries in between the vines to join him. Château Cheval Blanc is renowned as an exceptional wine. The vines of Saint-Emilion have been planted on these fertile soils since Roman times. Also known as the Hill of a Thousand Châteaux, here internationally recognized wine-producing properties flourish. Le Libournais uh, a deux grandes appellations, Saint-Emilion et Pomerol. The Libourne area has two great appellations, Saint-Emilion and Pomerol. Saint-Emilion with its famous plateau around the village of Saint-Emilion and its limestone slope is unique. En fait, on fait face à Pomerol. And we're at four kilometers as the crowd flies from Saint-Emilion and in fact opposite Pomerol. And near, several very famous châteaux. Château Nénin. This is the small village of Catusso, Pomerol Catusso. This is where people live. This is Château Beauregard, and opposite, we have Château Figeac, which is very well known. L'Évangile, la conseillante, la fleur. We are arriving at our vineyards. A lovely row. But behind the label, what mysteries lie in the elegant blend? What are the gestures and the expertise which craft this wine throughout the seasons? From the grapes to the soils and the vines, the juice in the vat and in oak barrels to the glass. Inside Chateau Cheval Blanc is a podcast which will plunge you into the very heart of the craftsmanship of this Grand Cru together with the artisans who contribute to its production through their daily attention to each and every detail. Quand tu le dégustes pour la première fois, t'en prends plein la bouche, t'en prends plein les papilles. When you taste it for the very first time, it hits you right on the palate, on the taste buds. Behind this lies a story of mankind and of the link between man and the land, which makes this product what it is. Inside Château Cheval Blanc a podcast by Chateau Cheval Blanc. At the entrance to the 40-hectare domain, through a row of cedar trees, 
you can glimpse the horizontal landscape of the vineyards, punctuated by young fruit trees here and there. There is a pond opposite the small 19th-century chateau. Pierre Lurton, director of the domain, and his technical director, Pierre-Olivier Clouet, are having a chat whilst the harvest is in full flow at the end of the summer season. The Saint-Emilion terroir is mainly a limestone plateau which has the pompous name of Astéry limestone because of the small fossils preserved in it. And following geological patterns were created by the sea receding in some places, leaving huge rivers with a tremendous amount of water. And the only thing that could be deposited were bigger stones from the gravel soils. And in other areas, it was like a small waterhole or a little lake, which slowly evaporated and eventually disappeared. And the elements that could be settling at the bottom of the pool were much finer. They were the clays. And in between the two, when the stones eroded and broke each other up to make smaller elements, we have the sands. And so Cheval Blanc is a mosaic of soils in the first place. And then what makes the splendor and uniqueness of Cheval Blanc is the unusual blend of grape varieties. The identity of Cheval Blanc is the identity of Cabernet Franc. Nicolas Corporandi, vineyard manager. We still use the same proportions as in the early 1900s. And the idea is to maintain this balance, a balance dominated by 60% Cabernet Franc, nearly 35% Merlot, and about 5% Cabernet Sauvignon. If we change this balance, we would no longer make Cheval Blanc. So Chateau Cheval Blanc is a terroir made up of three main soil types, clay, gravel and sand, and three grape varietals, Cabernet Franc, Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, with vines ranging from 1 to 100 years old. Pierre-Olivier Clouet and Nicolas Corporandi, still doing their tour of the southern parcels, are surprised by the size of the grapes following last week's rain. The 40 hectares of this terroir have been split into 53 plots. Some plots are extremely small, barely 10 Rs. In 2011, we completed the construction of a new winery, and at the centerpiece we have 53 individual vats. We had 67 vats made, and therefore we can vinify each of our plots separately. We can rework the vineyard depending upon the results achieved in the vat. As a vineyard manager, I believe this is really important. In the distance, we can hear the rumble of the tractors bringing the harvested fruit to the winery. Its wave-shaped roof blends into the curves of the landscape. The 
donc là on va aller voir les remontages de l'après-midi le travail des okay, let's go and check the afternoon's pumping over and other works in the winery designed by the architect Christian de Porzonparc here we have 6000 meters squared where under the watchful eye of cellar master Carole André the winemakers control the different stages of the vinification process the entrance is on the ground floor where a vast central alley is formed by imposing vats made from white concrete. The winery at Cheval Blanc is a modern Cistercian abbey. It smells salmon, concrete and fresh putty, which I really like. And when we built this new winery, there were a lot of thinking about uh, stainless steel or oak vats. And the entire team went for concrete because it's part of our DNA. And... Uh, It also has a lot of impact on the taste of the wine. And we're very lucky to be working here in this winery designed by Christian Porzamparc. He incorporated lovely shafts of light, which fall on the top of the vats, and we work in daylight. The large containers, which look like concrete and foray, They contain the entire harvest, the skins, the pips, the pulp and juice. And after 48 hours, we have three quarters liquid and on top a quarter of what we call the cap, which contains the tannins, which give the structure and the aromas, which are responsible for the smell or nose of the wine, and also the anthocyanins, which are responsible for the color. And so every day, is, wine is pumped over so that the juice from the bottom of the vat runs through the cap, percolating and absorbing its properties. We follow Pierre-Olivier up the staircase, which leads to the top of the vats two meters high. He points out the pink, bubbling liquid. We're at the top of the van, lot 16, about 11, 60 hectoliters. And this is the beginning of the process of pumping over. We can see this fantastic juice as it becomes pink through contact with the pumice. The entire mass of the harvest is macerating. The skin, the pips, the pulp and the juice. Strong aromas of grapes and alcohol emanate from the giant fat, making us slightly lightheaded. Yeast is working hard. It is the sugar and produces alcohol and heat. The juice must be at about 26-27 degrees Celsius and also produces carbonic gas, which creates this pink foam at the top of the valve. During the stages of vinification, fermentation and maceration, there is also blending, a completely different art which is an historic characteristic of French wine. The three grape varieties of Cheval Blanc in their 53 geysers from each plot are blended to achieve a perfect balance. This alchemy is initially carried out in the tasting room, in test tubes with miniature versions of the different blends, which will then be reproduced in thousands of liters in the gigantic vats. Every morning, in a room above the cellar, vineyard manager Nicolas Corporandi, cellar master Carole André, and technical director Pierre-Olivier Clouet get together to taste the juice macerating in the vats 
to work on the potential blends. Super démonstrative, assez. Ça, c'est la deux souches, ça. The only thing that matters is the taste of the wine. This is why we spend a lot of time tasting our wines. We never taste alone, always as a team. It's very sad to taste alone. And also it's very important to share views, to keep yourself on track. Sometimes one of us doesn't detect much bitterness, but the two others say, but no, it's bitter on the finish. A new vat, a new mouthful. They comment on the tannin and structure. Sometimes we mix up plots which are similar, which is really reassuring, as you can't really go wrong. And then sometimes we have the feeling that there's one which stands out too much, and we have to offset it with another which is less imposing. That's what blending is all about. Making sure that each one has its place. I think that you have succeeded in your role as vineyard manager or cellar master when finally, upon tasting, you recognize your baby. Carole André, cellar master. You drink a glass and you imagine the countryside and you imagine the plot and you imagine the clay and gravel soils. You imagine Merlot, Cabernet Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon. You have succeeded. You are Cheval Blanc. It's also about connecting the pipes and the pumps and mixing hundreds, thousands of liters of wine together to make up the heart of the blend. In the tasting room, we're talking about a few glasses of 50 centiliter test tubes. But in the cellar, we're dealing with massive test tubes of 90 hectoliters, and the different batches have to be mixed together to make up the blend. Once the tasting is over, we cross the white vat room where everything resonates, winding our way between the pipes and the jets of water rinsing the floors of the grape residue. A staircase leads to the lower ground floor. There are no windows here. Wooden vats stacked in orderly rows are reposing, resting. On one side, the previous year's vintage has been resting for a year already. On the other, the empty barrels are waiting to receive the juice which is in the process of vinification in the vats on the floor above. J'ai perdu mon fil en fait. Pierre Polbos is finishing filling a barrel. Quand j'écoute, ça fait le, le petit bruit là qui devient de plus en plus aigu et comme là j'ai pas écouté dès le départ. The barrel, he follows the flow. The sound of the liquid becomes sharper and sharper as the barrel fills up. Sur la partie gauche, on the left, we have half of the barrel room filled with the 2019 vintage, which has been in the barrels for nearly a year and has just been racked from one barrel to another. This work isn't really practiced often. A batch which has just spent three or four months in one barrel will be transferred to the one next to it. You won't find 40 barrels from the same cooperage next to each other. You'll find five different barrels mixed up together. Vers une autre, d'un tonnelier vers un autre tonnelier. 
So when Benjamin is racking from one barrel to another, he'll necessarily be moving from one cooperage to another. This means that we can really mix up the different cooperages over the 18 months of barrel aging. The one won't stay in the same barrel for 12 months. In reality, we intervene a lot in the aging process, as the wines are racked every three months. What we do is called clarification. You have to realize that when the wines are put in the barrels, they are quite loaded with lots of suspended particles, which we call lees, all the solid parts still floating in the liquid. Through the stages of successive clarification, the wines slowly become clear, shiny, transparent, stable. We can then bottle them after 18 to 19 months, as they will be clarified by them. Inside Chateau Cheval Blanc. A podcast by Chateau Cheval Blanc. 200 barrels or so, depending upon the volume of fruit harvested, are filled between October and December each year. Little by little, the leaves have fallen from the trees, and some mornings, the pond in front of the chateau freezes. Pierre-Olivier, in his muddy Wellington boots, helps vineyard worker Juliette Combe to take the trees out of the truck. They lay down the forest trees on one side and the fruit trees on another. People don't talk a lot about soil. It has dirty connotations, whereas in fact it's full of life. It represents a huge part of the biomass of the earth. Biomass is found in the soil. For example, one gram of soil contains a billion living cells. That's enormous. When the vine is in vegetative rest, it's time to work the soil. This year is slightly different here at Cheval Blanc. A huge agroforestry program has been devised to contain the impact of climate change. Thousands of trees will transform the uniformity of the landscape, previously planted uniquely with vines, as well as the soil, where the vine roots will interact with the newly planted trees. Juliette goes to get the trees, and reminds the planters to think about the hornbeam and the elm tree as she does. She shows us her paper with color coding. Yellow for common hornbeam, orange for white beam, pink for mulberry tree. The planters only have to look at the color codes on their map. Donc là, on doit préparer le pralin. 
They prepare the praline which the roots will be dipped in just before planting by adding one-third clay, one-third water and a third of a substance enriched in nitrogen such as a few pellets of manure from the pig's enclosure. Trees are useful because of what happens on the ground. This is where they make the most important contribution. They promote the growth of networks of filaments, fungi, mycorrhizal fungi, to be around the roots. And thanks to the root systems on the ground and below the ground, they bring nutrients and some water to the surface. Initially, we will let the leaves and branches fall from the tree. We don't work the soil, we don't turn it over. This will allow the earthworms, the fungi and bacteria to bury in and break down this gross vegetation and to make it again reabsorbable by the plant, which will use the nutrients and promote its own growth. Juliette gives instructions for plot 10A. On the map, circles indicate the fruit trees and triangles the forest trees. Each worker goes back to the plot with map and tree in hand. The workers dig next to the poles, but not too deep. They are worried that the sheep will eat the young plants, but they still fill in the fresh earth around the roots with their boots. Viticultural practices today are nothing like they were before. The progress made in the last 20 years in terms of the reduction in the use of pesticides is impressive, but we have to go further towards cleaner viticulture for tomorrow. And all this arsenal aims at decreasing the pressure of the uh, parasites on the vine. It's about replacing fertilization with fertility. A few plots further on, from our vantage point, the vineyard workers form a solitary black block amongst the rows of the brown plot. Carlos Pascual stares at the vines as he speaks to us. He chooses the fruit-bearing branches and takes care not to prune the grape-bearing branches. La période hivernale, c'est un peu la période de dormance. La vigne, elle a perdu ses feuilles. The winter period is the period of hibernation. Nicolas Corporandi, vineyard manager. The vine has lost its leaves. We harvested the fruit in the autumn, and winter is when we choose to prune and prepare for next year's cycle. He leaves five branches to avoid draining the plant. Everyone has a certain number of vines to prune, 
Each plot is always pruned by the same worker. Our method of pruning is called mixed guillot, but there are various interpretations. There isn't just one single way to prune a vine. You can organize the plant in a different way whilst respecting the same principles. And so it's important that each worker find his or her own method. He confides that he has been pruning for 36 years, of which 28 have been at Cheval Blanc. The very notion of pruning a perennial plant is fantastic. With each cut of the pruning shears, you're impacting future years, which is enormous. I love that. It's an activity that I'm passionate about. Pruned and pampered, the vine will produce its first buds at the end of the winter. The greatest terror for wine growers is spring frost. And in France in particular, the days called the Ice Saints around the 10th of May. The buds are already open and frost can destroy an entire harvest. Frost and also drought and heavy rainfall. These are terms which will define how each vintage will be remembered by the team. A bottle is the result of a year in the wine-growing cycle and the action taken according to each specific climate, sometimes peaceful, sometimes tumultuous. However hard we work throughout the year, the night before harvest we could have a hailstorm and lose the entire crop. That's totally out of our control. We have to know how to anticipate heat and sometimes in the summer prolonged drought. We can help the vines by harvesting grapes so that the plant is under less stress in extreme conditions. If the end of the season is very wet, we can aerate the grapes to avoid rot. We've had periods of hailstorms which have wiped out the harvest on thousands of hectares. This is absolutely devastating for the wine grower to see all of the hard work reduced to nothing in the space of three or four minutes. When the vines are attacked, we are attacked too because we are very, very attached to them. I think that we always come out of these things stronger because they make us realize the true extent of the fragility of agriculture. It's good for us. It's probably these things that remind everyone in the world of wine that we're working with nature and living things. And we have to accept that. For me, the wines with the most extraordinary taste are from the most difficult vintages. I have particularly tender feelings towards difficult vintages. A lot of people I taste with don't understand this. They are fans of the great vintages, so am I. But I have special tenderness for complicated vintages, which weren't simple to produce. They require good decision-making, and eventually, we always fill the bottle with something lovely, so we derive more pleasure from having made those wines than those which make themselves.
veux goûter quoi, Estelle Eh bien, euh... Pierre Lurton, his nose in the glass, identifies notes of blonde tobacco, gingerbread almost. Estelle Touzet, glass in one hand, writes tasting notes in a notebook with the other. She is head sommelier in palaces and top restaurants. Avec Château Cheval Blanc, je pense ne pas avoir fait euh, d'accord extravagant. With Château Cheval Blanc, I don't think I've made extravagant pairings. This wine has great depth and a lot of modesty. It's not demonstrative. 2001. Really, she says. Pierre agrees. 2001. Really. And half an hour after opening, It is sublime. Sur un 2001, on peut tout à fait travailler un lièvre à la royale avec with une sauce. With 2001, we could serve hare à la royale with a blood and chocolate-based sauce and pasta stuffed with truffles. Magnificent. Either way, traditional French gastronomic dishes with lovely rich sauces. Maybe small game with an olive tapenade and a small slice of foie gras. C'est pour la générosité et la ronde. To add generosity and depth. was very cold. 82, sublime, abundant. 83, sometimes overlooked. 84, couleur, terrible. 85, great vintage on the right bank. 86, great vintage on the left bank. 87, to be forgotten, but sometimes interesting. 88, classic. 89, very hot, very opulent. When you taste it, you can tell it was a bit dry. There was a touch of hydric stress on the Cabernet Franc, which gives it a slight vegetal note on the first nose, but which becomes very subtle afterwards. 90, exotic. 91, more difficult, because there was frost, so we didn't make any Cheval Blanc. And so on and so forth. On a la chance d'avoir ce Cabernet Franc, ce vieux boucher. We're fortunate to have Cabernet Franc, this old, dependable warhorse, which means that this wine ages and ages. In the end, what makes the greatness of a great wine and a great terroir? Well, its ability to age for a long time. Je veux pas dire que il n'y a que le terroir. I don't mean to say it's only about terroir. There's also an understanding, a know-how, an experience accumulated over many vintages, which means that men decide. Even if there's some improvisation, because every year is different, they decide the optimal moment to pick the grapes. With summer back, plump new bunches of grapes come away easily from the vines. Vineyard manager Nicolas Corporandi and technical director Pierre-Olivier Clouet are back together walking up and down the plots to determine the date for harvesting. En fait, de, une baie sur la grappe, Nicolas Corporandi picks a grape from the bunch, puts it in his mouth and bites it. With this, he judges the crunchiness, the skin and the texture of the pulp. When you bite the grape, the pulp should be fairly soft, without any lumps. But when it is still mainly made up of pips, this means that it hasn't yet reached optimum maturity. But when it's fluid and the pips detach easily, then you have reached a lovely ripeness. 
Ultimately, that's the greatness of a great wine. It comes from knowing when to pick the grapes, knowing how to walk amongst the vines and taste the grapes. And afterwards, in the process, during maceration, when to stop the extraction at the right moment. Every afternoon, the grapes ripen a little more. As soon as Nicolas and Pierre-Olivier judge the freshness to be optimal, this is the perfect moment to harvest. They'll bring the harvest to the cellar and refrigerate the grapes to maintain their freshness. The team is already piling up the crates on the tractors. L'élaboration de ce vin, c'est un peu comme une chaîne. Il faut pas que dans cette chaîne, il y ait un maillon qui soit un instrument torturé. The winemaking process is a bit like a chain. The chain must not have a weak link, anything that could destroy the magnificent raw material. Parce que l'intervention humaine peut être parfois trop dangereuse. We must take our time, do things properly. And sometimes, I think we have to take second place to nature. Human intervention can be dangerous sometimes, and under certain circumstances, you can hold back a vintage, curb its potential. Great vintages come about naturally with their faults, and often, in nature, faults can result in quality. A great blend is not made up of the best plots on the best days. You have to build a blend with some imperfections as well. The last plot harvested. The harvesters, winemakers and technical team enjoy the cooler air that the mid-September storms bring, happy in the knowledge that the grapes are sheltered in the winery. A new year of work for the new vintage begins in the winery and in the vineyard. Inside Chateau Cheval Blanc. A podcast by Chateau Cheval Blanc. Written by Camille Juzo. Direction and original music, Samuel Hirsch. Trumpet, Aristide Gonçalves. Production, Hercule. English voices, Emma Broughton, Karine Lelouette, Michel Zlotowski, Xavier Kuhn. Translation, Sophie Jump. Alcohol abuse is harmful to health. Drink responsibly.